最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。Ten residents of an alley in Taipei Xinyi District have been temporarily displaced after a massive sinkhole forced their evacuation over the weekend. Engineers found the source of the problem. Groundwater beneath the alley seeped into a neighboring construction site, hollowing out the earth beneath the alley. The sinkhole has been filled, but more time is needed to assess the safety of the alley's residential buildings. In the meantime, the city is providing the displaced residents with daily subsidies. Cement trucks arrived one after the other on Saturday, pouring cement until late in the evening. Finally, the massive sinkhole that appeared earlier in the day in Taipei Xinyi District was filled in. The incident occurred at around 3:13 p.m. along Alley Number 60 of Chongde Street when a sinkhole 15 meters in length, 3 meters wide, and between 3 and 4 meters deep appeared. Police and firefighters evacuated residents in the surrounding area post haste. Between 2:50 p.m. and 3 p.m., the whole section of the alley began sinking. At first, there was just a small hole, and then less than five minutes later, the whole thing collapsed. Then, around 5 p.m., another serious subsidence occurred. A section of the construction barrier for the neighboring construction site collapsed when the subsidence occurred. An initial assessment by workers found that groundwater beneath the alley seeped into the construction site, hollowing out an area beneath the alley and causing the collapse. The depth of this excavation area is about 12 meters. Fortunately, there is this roadway because the roadway is about 10 meters wide. As you can see, the collapsed area is just in front of the metal shack in front of the building. By the way things look, it hasn't affected the foundation of the main structure. Aside from filling in the sinkhole, water trucks were also brought into the construction site, where they pumped more than 4,000 cubic meters of water into the ground. The aim is to balance the groundwater at the site with that of the surrounding area to prevent further subsidence. However, some have expressed concerns about the safety of homes along the alley. Ground-penetrating radar will be used to detect whether there are more holes, and the buildings themselves need to be checked to see if there is any tilting or any related structural damage or cracks. After engineers make an assessment, residents can return to their homes, but it will take another one to two weeks. Everyone who has been temporarily resettled will receive a subsidy of 1,600 NT per day, up to a maximum of seven days. If it goes over that, we will communicate with the construction company. They've already promised to cover the difference. Seven households were evacuated when the subsidence occurred. Five of which have been temporarily resettled, accounting for 10 people in total. 
Japanese Foreign Minister Hayashi Yoshimasa attended a meeting of foreign affairs leaders from Europe and the Indo-Pacific held in Sweden over the weekend. During the meeting, Hayashi expressed concerns over the military cooperation between China and Russia, as well as China's military activities in the Taiwan Strait and its attempts to use force to change the status quo in the East and South China Seas. This is what he had to say. In the Indo-Pacific region, China is continuing and intensifying its unilateral attempts to change the status quo by force in the East and South China Seas. China is also increasing its military activities around Taiwan. In addition, China and Russia are strengthening the military collaboration, including joint fights of their bombers and joint naval exercises in the vicinity of Japan. Hayashi said the security situation in the Indo-Pacific region has become closely tied to that in Europe since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He said the war has shaken the foundation of the international order and urged the international community to respond in solidarity. The Formosan Association for Public Affairs is a U.S. nonprofit that promotes Taiwan's interests and democracy around the world. The association just celebrated its 40th anniversary in Taiwan. Kun Blau, the senior policy advisor to the association, has been a vital part of lobbying for Taiwan and drafting Taiwan-related legislation over his 34-year career. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang sat down with Blau to learn more about his work. In recent years, the U.S. Congress has passed numerous bills in support of Taiwan. One driving force behind this is Dutch lawyer Kuhn Bla, senior policy advisor to the Formosan Association for Public Affairs and executive director of the Formosan Association for Public Relations. Bla has lobbied for Taiwan's independence on Capitol Hill for more than three decades. He specializes in drafting Taiwan-related legislation, communicating with members of Congress, and recruiting support for pro-Taiwan legislation. One important bill that he drafted recently is the Taiwan Travel Act, which lifts restrictions on high-level visits of officials to and from Taiwan. These were self-imposed restrictions by the State Department. They were not in the Taiwan Relations Act. They were not part of any law or legislation. There were just the State Department thinking that China would be angry. But at that time already, there was a sentiment in Congress saying that we shall never let the Chinese decide who can come to Washington and who cannot come to Washington, D.C. And so I wrote this legislation already in 2004, and it took several attempts to have it signed into law by President Trump in 2018, March 2018. So it took 14 years for an idea to materialize into actual action. In addition, before 1994, Taiwanese immigrants coming to the U.S. had to list their birthplace as China in their American passports. Thanks to FAPA's efforts, Taiwanese Americans can now list Taiwan as their birthplace. I've drafted many pieces of legislation, probably about 90% of the FAPA pieces of legislation I drafted. Up till 1994, Taiwanese Americans had to list birthplace China in their American passports. 
instead of Taiwan. And to my members, to the FAPA members, that was such a sentimental issue, it was so humiliating to put birthplace China in their American passports that they would say, I'd rather burn my American passport than to show this whenever I go into another country. I wanted to have nothing to do with China. And so we drafted legislation in 1994. We found a member of Congress to introduce it, Congressman Howard Berman, big Taiwan supporter from California. He introduced the bill. He made sure it passed. Bla is from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. He became interested in Taiwan during his university years. He wrote his thesis about Taiwan. A couple of years before I graduated, the Netherlands sold submarines to Taiwan in 1982. And so I thought I should write my thesis about this submarine deal. And what happened at that time is that the People's Republic of China broke off diplomatic relations with the Netherlands to show what can happen if you become too friendly to Taiwan. So I wrote my thesis about this. I was invited to come to the University of Maryland for a symposium. I ran into the people of FAPA, the Taiwan Lang Kong Chung Subue uh, organization. They were looking for a new director and they offered me the job and it was in 1989. I thought I'd do that for one or two years and it's now 34 years later. In the course of his work for FAPA, Bla has worked with many leading figures of Taiwan's democracy. He's also faced strong pressure from China and overcome many difficulties. Historically, we have always faced counteractions by the Chinese lobbyists and by the Chinese embassy. The Chinese embassy has 42 lobbyists in their, uh, in their uh, embassy, and we uh, only have maybe one or two. And so that's already an unf unfair start. But in the past, the uh, Chinese lobbyists has, have always tried to sabotage FAPA's work. We even have a letter in our office to members of Congress which says that FAPA is a terrorist organization. Throughout his career, Bla was able to witness Taiwan's democratization and transformation. He's proud of what Taiwan has accomplished, but says there's still much to be done. One of his primary goals is to bring Vice President Lai Qingde and President Tsai Ing-wen to Washington, D.C. Another goal is to change the name of TECRO, the U.S.-based embassy, from the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office to the Taiwan Representative Office. I think Taipei is a terrible name to use for a embassy, quote-unquote, that represents the whole country. We believe that the future of Taiwan stands on two pillars, on two legs. The first leg is U.S. support, and the second leg is the will and wish and determination of the 23 million people of Taiwan to keep Taiwan free. Having lobbied for Taiwan for 34 years, Bla hopes to continue the fight for Taiwan's rights and democracy. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Chen Kuihong in Taipei. President Tsai Ing-wen used the occasion of Mother's Day today to honor mothers of indigenous peoples who have successfully passed down their native language to their kids and grandkids. Tsai said her government is endeavoring to create an indigenous language-friendly environment so that more people can pick up and use Taiwan's native languages. 
Premier Chen Jianren, who was supposed to accompany Tsai, decided not to attend at the last minute due to having tested positive for COVID. On Mother's Day, President Tsai came to the Grand Hotel to attend a commendation ceremony for model mothers of indigenous languages. Special awards were given to the indigenous mothers who had passed down their native language to the next generation. These model mothers took up the mission of bequeathing indigenous languages to their children on top of working and doing household chores. There were 52 model mums in attendance. Thanks to their hard work, their kids and even grandkids were able to successfully pick up their mother tongue. Tsai emphasized that the government has been endeavoring to create an indigenous language-friendly environment so that more people will be able to pick up their mother tongue and that indigenous language can become part of their everyday lives. The indigenous languages are the languages of the mothers of the indigenous peoples, and they are also an indispensable voice of Taiwan. Therefore, the government has invested resources to continue the revitalization of the indigenous languages. In the future, the Council of Indigenous Peoples will continue to hold commendation ceremonies for exemplary parents on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Let's work together so that the indigenous languages are used and passed down in more families. One government official, Premier Chen Jianren, who was supposed to accompany the president at the event, was conspicuously absent. It turned out that he had been infected with COVID for the first time. The executive UN has stated that the premier began coughing on Saturday night and a subsequent rapid test turned out positive. His doctor has recommended that he get rested at home for a couple days. Joshua Lin is one of Taiwan's most renowned photographers. For over 30 years, he shot the nation's top celebrities. However, an encounter with a photograph known as the pale blue dot changed his perspective entirely. It is a photo of Earth seen from over 6 billion kilometers away in space. It made Lin feel humble about humanity's place in the universe. This new sense of humility inspired him to experiment with spin photography, a photographic technique by which a series of photos give the impression of an object rotating. Our reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to the master's latest exhibition. Colorful photos resembling black holes, comets, and moons fill the walls of the studio. At first glance, you won't even guess that these photographs taken by Joshua Lin are of plants, rocks, water, and a naked body. He set a very low shutter speed and spun the camera quickly when shooting these objects to create this effect. This one is of a naked model. After she saw the final product, she said, How did you make me look like this? What about my body? I think I like it after seeing it. I shot with a slow shutter speed, and the main thing is that I spun the camera. The process of turning the camera requires some skill. It is slow, and the exposure time of a photo is about 4 seconds. 
It took two years to shoot these images. This photo is of water. Lin spun the water and camera to create a circular image. Lin took approximately a hundred pictures and finally chose this photo to be displayed at his exhibition. I took this photo of water. The shooting method is different. I spun the water and light at the same time. When it was spinning, I covered it a bit so that the final product would look like a moon. It gives off a unique feel. It's a circle. I don't want the spot created by the light to be too obvious, so I kept moving the light at that time. My hands were sore. I took about 100 pictures. This is a new exhibition from Lin. After dreaming he was visiting space, he decided to experiment with spin photography. The exhibition is titled Pale Blue Dot and is inspired by the photograph of the same name, a photo of the Earth taken by NASA's Voyager 1 space probe from 6.4 billion kilometers away in space. The theme is Pale Blue Dot. This is a photo of a small dot taken by the Voyager 1 space probe of the Earth from 6.4 billion kilometers away. Scientists wrote a book about it, and I was very moved after reading it. I could see that from such a faraway place how small the Earth that I live in is. I am actually very small, so I don't want to be arrogant. It encourages me to look at the world calmly. Lin started taking photos in junior high school and has never stopped perfecting his craft. For over 30 years, he has shot portraits of countless celebrities from Taiwan, including model Lin Zhiling, Puyuma pop star and record producer A Mei, and more. He's also shot music videos for well-known singers like Jam Xiao and Wu Bai. His studio is very powerful. 80% of Taiwan stars have posed for photos for him here. I think it's great to hold an exhibition here. If I have the opportunity, it would be great to hold a concert in my own studio. Uh, I used to take very realistic photos, and most of them were portraits. This time, I wanted to break away from shooting realistic photos and make them more abstract, and not such direct shots of tangible objects. Everyone's reaction to these photos may be different. After this exhibition, I plan to shoot even more unique photos. Going in for commercial photography is extremely passive. You give the client whatever he wants. This is a creative venture. I can do whatever I want. I can shoot whatever I want to shoot. It gives me some balance. Being creative is very important to me. Lin's exhibition will be held at his own studio, a book studio, till May 21st. When I was curating this solo exhibition for Lin, I suggested that he hold this exhibition in his own private studio, a book studio, because this venue is usually not open to the public. The public can come here and also see all the works that Lin has produced over the years. Whether it is his commercial works, fashion photos, or other artistic works, they are all shot here. Lin says he will continue experimenting with spin photography as well as continue to master his craft in commercial and fashion photography. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Gokai in Taipei. A new health policy aims to help seniors keep track of their health through self-assessment. The six-test benchmark is a way to measure people's mental, physical, and emotional abilities as they get older. 
The Health Promotion Administration is working with doctors to provide the test to communities all over Taiwan. And to encourage the public to take an active interest in their health, they asked one septuagenarian to show off his unique way of keeping fit. Dressed all in sequence, dancing Ape knows how to twist. He's even proficient in breakdancing, showing off sweeping legs and then jumping back up. The almost 76-year-old had a fall down the stairs earlier this year, fracturing his tailbone. But now he's back in business. He aces the six tests, a benchmark measurement of the WHO. It recommends that older people regularly check their capacities in six major areas – cognition, mobility, nutrition, vision, hearing and emotions. I live in a three-storey detached house. I accidentally slipped while climbing the stairs, but I'm fully recovered now. My main forms of exercise are singing, dancing and listening to music. The Health Promotion Administration, working with eight national doctors' associations, is rolling out the six tests assessment for older adults. Just add the HPA online to download this self-assessment form and get started. The HPA has been online for a year and 468 local community groups have signed up. 200,000 people have completed their self-assessments already. It looks at our graphs, for example, over the past year. Have you had any clear deterioration in your memory? Because as older people, we must pay attention to various issues. It's pretty good. We want to wake people up to be more mindful of their capabilities, to prevent and slow down the onset of dementia and reduce the decline of people's abilities. Statistics from last year showed that 18% of Taiwan's population was aged 65 or over. The health of older people is a serious concern for policymakers. They hope these regular self-assessments will support the public to take good care of themselves and stay classy while they do it, just like this gentleman. <laughs>